the Washington Commanders come up small against the New York football giants who were black to their own funeral. Did it get better the day after? Well, let's see. It's time for a reckoning. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Ref the District's Day After Reckoning, where we have had time to sleep on it and we're coming back to the game that Washington Commanders played yesterday. Did it get any better? Did it get any worse? Can we actually find a silver lining in this game? Well, we will have all those questions for uh, questions answered for you here today during this day after reckoning. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner. We are here on Ref the District on the Believe Network and presented to you by Bet Online. Season is full. the The holiday season is upon us. If you want to add a little spice in your life, not just your meal, you can head over to Bet Online. Use the code Believe B L E A V to get yourself a fifty percent welcome bonus. Bet on not just the big four, but also MMA, international soccer to go along with your NFL experience as our Washington commanders will be playing on Thanksgiving. Will they spoil it for us? Probably, but you won't be spoiled if you go over to Bet Online and use the code Believe. Bet Online, where the game starts. Stoner, we always mm. do this and we come back to the game. Yeah. And we, and we, you know, we, we rewatch it and we sit there and think, Okay, you know, did it feel as bad? I said yesterday on our instant reaction, this was the worst loss of Ron Rivera's tenure here in Washington. Mm -hmm. What do you think? You've had some time, you know, 24 hours or so now to kind of think about it. Does that still feel that that way? Well, I'm I'm sure it's up there. I don't know that it's the number one loss of the Ron Rivera era. The, the Cleveland loss last year is still, to me, the most mind-boggling just because of what he did at the quarterback position when he threw Carson Wentz back in there. And then afterwards, when they were knocked out of the playoffs, remember, this is late in the year. Mm-hmm. This was in late December. And he didn't even know that that loss would have knocked him out of the playoffs or did knock them out of the playoffs, but he didn't realize that going in. That's kind of where, for me, that that – really sure. bothered me the most the the chicago loss earlier the the season this was also bad i think that killed one, the season yeah i, I think that yeah. one gets a little bit of a pass because it was so early on you're right yeah. that cleveland game was one of the ones like that like you're in a playoff push yeah and you come up flat and you did some things and then you yeah that that the cleveland game's pretty bad i will tell this you is up there though this is up there. I don't know that I still feel that it's the worst, but it is frustrating, Stoner, when the Giants have 22 wins since the 2020 season when uh, mm-hmm. when Ron Rivera first came to Washington. Mm-hmm. 22 wins. Five of those. Five. Nearly a quarter of them came yeah. against Washington. Yeah. Washington is 2-5 and 1 against the Giants. They continue to come up small against the G-men. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why when you look at the rosters the talent level is not there for the Giants. Now, I have started to come around to realizing that the talent level really isn't there for Washington either. Yeah. Those burgundy and gold glasses, I've kind of put them to the side and I realize, mm-hmm. you know what? We have a lot of 
you know, B minus type players and a C type players. We don't really have very many if, you know, if you could even consider some A tier type players. Mm. And it's starting to show in these seasons and with coaching because you could win as the Giants proved yesterday with D tier type people. You just have to play the right team. Washington, always the get right team. But what is it about the Giants that Washington always comes up small? Yeah, you can't sit there and look at it and say it's scheme. You can't say it's players. You can't say it's coaching because it's been different coaches. I don't even remember who was there in 2020, but it might not have been the same guy who was there in 2021. And, of course, 2022 and this year was Brian Dable. But it's been different coaches. It's been different quarterbacks. It's been three different quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Danny DeVito's cousin. It's been all of these guys. And then it, it's not uh, It's not Washington's. I guess the only consistent thing is Washington is the coaching here in Washington. has been the same. So maybe you can point it at that, but it's mind-boggling. Look, we play up to the Eagles. Now, we don't necessarily beat them all the time but we play up to them because they're uh, have been a much better team the last couple of years, but we play down to the giants. If that's even possible, we're, we're down there with them. We're in, we kind of scoffed at Carl Banks when, when he said, look, the giants are not playing above their weight class. And we were like, come on now. We're a little bit above your weight class. He was right. We're down in the same weight class as the Giants." having some continued fun afterwards and IG and dog and Terry McLaurin. Uh, who didn't have the world's worst game. Uh, so, but you know, he didn't have a great game and therefore banks was able to, uh, throw it around. You know, Terry yeah. McLaurin finishing with five catches on seven targets for 43 yards. The one thing you said there was the consistency with our coaches and how mm-hmm. bad it was. I had lost my mind yesterday during our play by play and commentary at the end of the half and how mm-hmm. mind boggling, the coaching decision was there and you excused it. I watched I it again mm-hmm. and I still cannot fathom what the thought process there was to, to Sam Howell takes a sack for, for those who m- might not remember, might not want to remember Sam Howell takes a sack. They take a timeout. Then they throw a pass. How much time's to, left? There's like 20 seconds on the clock at this point. Okay. Um, I forget what they're on the field. Like, I mean, there's a distance to go before getting to a field goal range. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They, instead they, they call, they take time out after the sack. They, they come out of that. They throw a short pass to Jahan Dotson and you can tell he was instructed to just stay inbound. Do right. not, do not, uh, you know, stop do the not clock prolong the time. Yeah. We are, we're going to go into half here. Because and, it was third down. Okay. So if Why he goes run? out of bounds, they have to punt it, right? Yeah. But but the but the question I'm going to ask you on that is, do you think that the play call was throw it short to Jahan and Jahan stay in bounds? Do you think that that was the play call? Or was the play call to go downfield, but don't risk it if you don't see anything wide open, then dump to your check down of Jahan? My That's guess what I'm saying. Give the my guess it, yeah, my guess is it's probably closer to the latter. My problem is, is they didn't really give themselves a chance at all. So like it was just like it was in between, and we've seen this with this coaching staff, Stoner. Yeah. 
Whereas it's like, they're going your, your argument is essentially, well, they're trying to give themselves a chance. Well, if they're trying to give themselves a chance, then they, they call something different entirely there. Um, or, you know, if this is like a last stitch play, then you wait to take the time out or you do like, there's so many different ways to play that. And maybe it's just frustration with this coaching staff that was yeah. bumbling over as Washington's down to the giants in the first half, they gave up the New York giants have scored four offensive touchdowns all season long in the first half. All four of those have come against Washington. Yeah. So in, in nine other games, they have not scored a touchdown in the first half, but in two games they have. And those two games are against Washington. I'm not in the business of defending this coaching staff, Nathan, but I was just wanted to defend them on that particular play. Sure. Cause like I said, I believe it was third down. Mm-hmm. So if it was an incomplete pass, then you got to punt it back to them, which you don't want to do. You don't want to have Cheeseman snapping it over Tressway's head. You don't want Sam Howell throwing an interception. You don't want anything bad to happen, but if it's wide open and it's there, take it. But if it's not there, dump it to Jahan. But stay in bounds so that, again, you don't have to punt it on the next play. Well, I'm interested in hear what people right. think. It, it was a first and 10 at Washington's 41. Uh, short pass to Byron Pringle went negative two yards. Then Sam was sacked for eight yards, setting up third and 20, as you mentioned. Jahan yeah. Dotson short pass three yards into the half. Yeah. Because they would have got completely criticized and just hammered if after that sack, they just walked into the locker room. Sure. And we would have just eviscerated this coaching staff if they just 100% given up. So you, so that's kind of where I'm, I'm trying to show that maybe there's just a little bit of credit there or at least uh, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, you you heard it here first on Ref the District. Stoner appreciates this coach coaching staff, and he thinks that they're the world's greatest gift to Washington and all that other stuff. Uh, all fun and games here. The coaching staff did not exactly dial up six turnovers. Stoner, yeah. Uh, players have to execute. We can't forgive them for doing that. Mm-hmm. And rewatching this game, mm-hmm. it really was a tale of two halves really and actually most of the third quarter washington was still looking pretty good mm-hmm. you know of course the fumble you know from the opening kickoff in the the second half didn't go washington's way as they you know they fumbled the ball but four of the turnovers happened in the second half yeah eight of the nine sacks that washington had happened all within the first half or the first like five minutes or a couple of possessions of the giants. They had no sacks in the fourth quarter. Uh, one of them coming late in the third quarter. And so it was just kind of like they, as the game wore on, the game kept getting further and further out of hand for Washington. I mean, they were mm-hmm. in it, you know, just a two point game, you know, then the, the touchdown putting it up 21 to 12 was, uh, you know, late or early in the fourth quarter. So there, I mean, there was still a little bit of time for mm-hmm. them to be able to do something. But as the game wore on, it just never went anywhere. You got to think after the 21 to 12, the touchdown from the Giants, there's the Sam Howell interception. Mm-hmm. That turns into a field goal. Washington mm-hmm. answers with a touchdown. We're like, okay, 24-19, we can do this. There's a three mm-hmm. and out. The defense did their job. 
and then it was an interception for a touchdown that sealed the deal in Washington and losing six turnovers. Stoner. Yeah, there's a fine line, and and it's not something that you can quantify. You you can't sit there and say, well, this is why those turnovers happen. You can say, look, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio did not cause six turnovers. But we know that's not how it works in terms of who gets the blame for this stuff. Sure. You're the coach that picked those players that made those turnovers. Maybe you have an undisciplined, um, what do you call that, in the lock culture within the locker room that guys who commit these turnovers are not necessarily held accountable. I don't know. I'm not saying that's the case. But when you have all of these turnovers, you have to just go to the head of the snake. And the head of the snake is the one that makes all the decisions, puts the players out there, calls the plays, or is in charge of the people that cause the plays, that calls the plays. But you just have to, at some point, if it's turnovers this week, if it's defense the next the week before, if it's offense the week before that, if it's special teams the week before that, if it's um, injuries where you didn't have necessary backups before that, whatever it is, it's always something. It all just comes back to the, the man in charge, and that's Ron Rivera. And so you can't, you can't directly blame Ron Rivera for the turnovers. But sorry, when you're the head of the organization – and you're the one that makes the final call and everything. You're the one that's held the most accountable. Sure. So he's the one that's got to kind of pay the penance for everything that's going on with this team. So obviously the most impactful of these was that interception was returned for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Sam Howe threw three interceptions. And one of the things that throughout the season, Stoner, that we were looking at and trying to tell people is like, Sam Howe, if you were to take away that Buffalo game, hasn't mm-hmm. been given the ball up. You know, he he looks much better. Well, now we see another three interception game from him, multiple yeah. interception game from him where it did not look good. I mean, he had other people help him out and uh and give the ball away and and un you know inconvenient times, never that it's convenient to give the ball away. Yeah, Logan Thomas, uh Byron Pringle, and the other fumble. Um, why is it Robinson? Yeah, no, oh Brian no, Robinson. yeah, yeah, Robinson. Yeah, Brian Robinson fumbled that one was recovered by Jamison Crowder though, right? Uh okay, so who is it? It was Pringle or was Thomas. It Chris, yeah, it was Chris Rodriguez, oh, Rodriguez. who fumbled who lost Rodriguez. it. That's the one yeah. that was the one that I was missing there. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean those those turnovers were just bad and Sam throwing those three interceptions. Could have had a fourth um, too. Oh. Yeah, we we so he's, he should have had a fourth. Yeah, I mean that that really should have been a fourth. I I'll have to remember I don't remember which series that was. And it was whether in the or not first he half, had, I think. Yeah. Well, I don't remember though. Did he end up throwing an interception later? Or, hmm. you know, did they get a field goal or something like that? Because that was, I mean, it was right in the, the bread basket. I mean, that's why it's defenders good. aren't wide receivers, right? Because yeah. I mean, it was clearly not on target. Look, I mean, Sam was not good. Um, I think yeah. after in our instant reaction yesterday, you had talked about how you thought Sam was really bad and the offense was bad. And I kind of defended a little bit. Yeah. Going back and, and looking at it and kind of evaluating it. Yeah. Sam was not good yesterday. He looked like what we thought Tommy DeVito was going to look like. And Tommy DeVito looked like what Sam Howell was supposed to look like. Yeah. Tom, Tommy, Three touchdowns Tommy, and no yeah. turnovers. 
getting he got sacked nine times and yeah. he still still put up decent numbers. I mean, his QBR was a little low. I think a lot of that benefited from just bad Washington defense. I mean, did, the amount of players that were running open and everything. But, I mean, they did what they needed to do, which was not turn over the ball. Yeah. Did Washington at any point, at any point, did Washington almost have an interception? Can't think of one. No. Did Can't Washington at any point cause a fumble that the Giants recovered themselves? I mean, they, they, they did nothing. And the whole... Coming into this season, the whole focus of this defense was two things. Don't give up chunk plays and turn the ball over, cause turnovers. And they've done absolutely done the neither. opposite of what they're supposed yeah. to do on those. And yeah. which is frightening because the whole reason you drafted Forbes was to be that turnover guy, mm-hmm. is to make those big plays. Quote, unquote, and, ball hawk. Yeah, ball hawk. I'm getting worked up, Nathan. So yeah, well, let's try not to, but this let's is, try uh, to get to something positive here okay. for this game. Is there a silver lining for you with this, this loss to the giants? Is there anything in here that you can maybe glean? I, I know most of the fans are going to look at this and go, well, they're currently in the top 10 for the NFL drafted next year. I, that I don't know that that's a really a, a reward for losing to the giants. But I'm not that fan. I'm not going to tell them how to fan. So, yeah, yeah, for this game, this loss against the Giants, do you have a silver lining? No, for the loss against the Giants, there is no silver lining. I know people are always going to want to go with the negative silver lining. We're going to get a lot of these comments, and that's fine if you feel that way. The silver lining is this was the final nail in the coffin for this coaching staff. If there was any any hope and a prayer of getting to the playoffs, this was it. So we know there's not going to be any coaches if you want to do that. Um, you know, if you want to say, well, we know for sure we need a left tackle next year because Kayvon Thibodeau made Charles Leno look really bad. And, you know, things like that. People are going to say things like that. But silver lining in terms of the positives for this team, I don't know where you can find a silver lining in this game. But to also to re- reiterate what I said yesterday on the instant reaction is that the sky is not falling for this sure. organization. It's not over. It's not. It's not, well, here we go again. We're going to start over and it's all, everything's going to be bad again for years and years and all that. Look, we've got a brand new owner. That thing, that instance in itself is a big deal to be able to have that freshness of a new owner and it's not Dan Snyder. We got the possibility of a new stadium coming our way in terms of an announcement. I think it'll get announced sometime next year before training camp, right before training camp. So you got that. You've got all the players who you're kind of not sure about in terms of their talent. They're all going to be free agents, okay? They're all pretty much gone. You're going to have $100 million in cap space, Nathan, for this team going into the offseason. Over $100 million and probably more if you get rid of a couple of guys whose dead cap space is not that much, i.e. guys like Gates and and uh, and uh, who's the left tack, uh, left guard? I've already forget. Sadiq Charles. Sadiq Charles. Yeah. Um, and then the Andrew Wiley. If you dump those guys and just have the dead cap, that's even more space available. Even though there's dead cap there, so there's that. You're gonna have what four picks in the top fifty? I don't know the exact number. Forgive me for not having it. And like 
six in the top 100. Yeah. It still has so to you, shake out, but it's looking looking like Washington's going to end up with some, yeah. some nice some, high picks. Sure. You're going to have a lot of draft picks, a lot of high draft picks. Um, and then really the most important thing at all of, of all of this is you're going to get rid of your GM, your head coach, all of your staff, all of the staff. You're going to clean, completely clean house, and a GM is going to come in, and the GM is going to pick the coach. And then the two of them are going to work together, and they're going to either say, Sam Howell's our guy, and you're going to be excited because they have decided that Sam Howell is their guy. Because there's no, this is not a Carson Wentz situation where he's got $28 million coming to him if you keep him. He's mm-hmm. got like nine hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, rookie rookie so contract. He's on a rookie sure. deal. So if you say he's your guy, then that can be exciting. Or they're going to come in and say, you know what, Sam's not the guy, and we're going to start all over with a brand new quarterback, whether it's a draft, whether it's a trade, whether it's a free agent, whatever. And so you're going to have this freshness of basically a whole new on the field product next year, save for about yeah. four or five guys. Uh, I like how that's uh, I was a silver just, lining for for the future. I, I like how I was just like a silver lining for this game. Try not to get it to the the stuff that's going to happen good next year. And you still went there. I had You're to because there there's nothing for this game. Do you have a silver lining for this game? There was two things I thought rewatching okay. that I thought looked pretty good. KJ Henry um, is going to be a solid team member for Washington. I felt like you know when they drafted him, that was going to be the case. But then he was sitting behind everybody on this roster. He was the one who was, you know, the healthy scratch. And Andre Jones Jr. was getting the play above him. And and so now we saw some KJ Henry. And I'm he's not a replacement for Montez Sweat or Chase Young. And they still need to draft a guy. But he is a solid contributor for the defense. I thought that was nice to see him because we're in the, we're officially in the evaluation stage, right, Stoner? I mean, that's oh. where we're at absolutely um and then brian robinson was running very very well yeah uh, you know we you famously had called him a jag and mm-hmm. you know people were up in arms but mm-hmm. his numbers really haven't been fantastic and while they weren't outstanding yesterday i mean it was 17 carries for 73 yards washington ran the ball 28 times you know three mm-hmm. of those were scrambles from sam Howell. But Brian Robinson, when he is running downhill, good things are happening. And whether or not Eric Bieniemy is here next year to be a coach, like when I see Brian Robinson getting that full head of steam, things, things, good things happen for Washington. A lot of a lot of shotgun runs where Brian Robinson makes the most out of nothing, and sometimes those are good. But a lot of those times, man, I watched that that. Uh, after Logan Thomas caught it and we're down at like the five yard line, we have four, three, you know, three downs to use because we ended up kicking the uh, field goal. But it was just like shotgun run with Gore to the right, this awful pass and stuff like this. And so, but it was just like, man, if we would have just lined up in that I formation that Stoner knows and loves and just ran it down their throat, I don't know that they could have, the Giants would have been able to stop it. They would not have, they would not have been able to stop it. Three straight runs with Brian Robinson down there. They're not going to stop them three straight times. They're just not. So uh, you're yeah. right. But let me rain on your parade a little bit, or let me yes, ask you will. this question and see if you sure. rain on your own parade. If Brian Robinson was traded for a third round pick, which is what you used to get Brian Robinson, 
would you scream from the mountains that that's an idiotic move? No. He's a Jag, Nathan. He might be just above Jag status, but he's he's so replaceable. There are certain guys that are not replaceable. Okay, Jonathan Allen is not replaceable. You can kill him for for being vocal, and you can kill him for not having a great year. He's a top 75 player in this league. You don't just find Jonathan Allen's anywhere. Sure. And so I'll I'll reiterate that with Deron Payne. I'll do it with Terry McLaurin. That's probably where I draw the line. Yeah, like I, I said, not a whole lot of A-listers on Washington's. Uh... Yeah, I would do it with Cam Curl. But Brian Robinson, if he was not on this team, you would not scream for him to. He is a plus runner. You know, to be back. Okay, he He's he a is absolutely runner. a plus runner. There's a bazillion and, plus runners out there. Sure, but not having to find one, not having to use a draft pick or look got, for somebody like the, did, you, it's just it's a good thing to have. Stoner. Did Chris Rodriguez, did when he's in there running the ball and not fumbling the ball? Uh, Brian Robinson fumbled a couple weeks ago, so. When Brian Robinson fumbled this game. It just happened to be recovered yeah, by Davison Crowder. But if Rodriguez is in there, nobody's like, why is Chris Rodriguez in the game? They're fine with him. And he was a sixth-round pick in afterthought. Sure. There's a bazillion Chris I've, I've Rodriguez. Sang, I've sang Chris Rodriguez's praise. And maybe that's yeah. why I found Brian Robinson's running so refreshing mm. is because four weeks ago or whatnot, I was saying Chris Rodriguez is coming for Brian Robinson's job, and then they sat him down for three weeks. Whoa. And so he finally got it this time where Chris Rodriguez and, did run six times for 43 yards. He had the fumble, mm-hmm. but he ran he ran good. He, and he ran really well. You, We know we're all run the darn ball here, right? We, we mm-hmm. want them to run the ball a little bit more consistently we would yeah. like to see under center yeah you know a little bit more we there's different things we want and having a brian robinson who can fight for yards okay mm-hmm. that's what i think i've seen a lot from him over the course of his entire 100%. career yeah is that he fights for yards 100%. he will take something that he's supposed to be tackled for a loss and get plus yards and so that's what i mean by a yeah. plus runner okay and he, and as much as like i like chris rodriguez Chris Rodriguez isn't that guy. Chris Rodriguez is a gr- is a good one cut runner. So he he runs and then he just puts his foot in the ground and he hits a hole and he's good. But if you get him in the backfield, he's not getting away from you. Sure, Brian Robinson can get away from you. Okay, yeah, normally I, by running right through you. But yeah, uh, let's get to our go goes and no goes. Mm. Uh, I there's a whole list of no goes here. Yeah. for either one of us and normally i'd like to end on the positive but because we know the go-go section is going to be so much shorter let's go ahead and hit the the go-go stoner who's your go-go for this game um i think probably because i already know who yours is or i assume because you've just been singing his praises for the last five minutes right um i guess i guess i'm gonna go with the guy in the photo david mayo i mean he flashed uh, a few plays, especially in the first half, not the second half. I don't know what happened in sure. the second half defensively, but in the first half. And and by the way, they were calling up blitzes and they were running that Cinco front. And, and it just looked like a competent defense for most of that first half, save for the, uh, the throw to Saquon Barkley. And he popped a little bit. Ah, fine. Very reluctantly. I'll give David Mayo my... Give him his flowers. He just finally, I, can't, I can't give it to anybody else. So I no, there, 
everyone had a bad play on defense everyone no not a whole lot of positive on the offense yeah when it comes to you know how things are going but uh, david mayo is a good one and that's definitely why i chose him for the image here because he he did he had himself a game he he showed a speed that i haven't seen here in washington I from know, him right like i mean he must have had some miracle whip on a sandwich before this game because he was spicy he was well, spicy Cody Barton saw it too. And he said, I better get off of this IR. And so the commanders went ahead and opened up his 20 day window to 21 day window to return from IR. Good. All of our problems are solved. Right. Stoner. It's just, everything is, everything is going to be a okay with uh, the return of Cody Barton. Uh, yeah. Brian Robinson's going to be mine. You know, he had the fumble, you know, thankfully that was not recovered by the giants as the lone uh, fumble, not to be recovered by the opposing team. But I mean, we're picking, picking spots here, right? Because there's just like so many people had maybe a good day, but then they fumbled a ball. You know, Byron Pringle, for instance, you know, he gets a 40 yard plus, you know, supposed to spark us in the second half. He dumps the ball on the ground. Brian Robinson just ran hard the entire game. He flashed again. He, he as somebody who can be a part of this offense going forward mm-hmm. where, you know, you're not even tempted to draft a high end running back next year because you want some dynamic play or anything like that. You got a guy who can, you can use in the running game and move forward. So Brian Robinson's going to be my go-go. Fair. No go stoner. There's a gazillion of them. There are so mm-hmm. many, but I saved I saved one who's the biggest go-go, the no biggest go. no-go for this entire season. And you're looking at it, Nathan. This big dummy right here yeah, is right? the no-go. Because I still, after mm. watching them for 10 games and knowing what they're capable of or more importantly, what they're not capable of, I still said Washington is going to go into this game and absolutely blow out the Giants. I'm the big dummy. I don't learn my lesson. And so I'm going to go with Stoner as the no-go for this game. We have not won a game that Stoner has so confidently predicted i mean well actually sorry correction we did win the arizona game. arizona game yeah yeah it was just a little closer than i thought it would be yeah stoner thought we were going to beat the bricks off of arizona that's a 20 to 16 game you think that we're going to beat the bricks off of chicago and we get blown out ourselves uh you know you and think we're going to beat the giants both times and both times it ends and, in disaster you're the, no longer uh, allowed to pick washington as a uh as a surefire uh, favorite yeah I said the Patriots too. I said they're going to blow up. The okay, so we at least won that game. So there we go. Some small victories for Stoner. Sometimes my no go is going to be the man, mostly away from center, but under center himself, Sam Howell. This was yeah. the game where it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I'm, I've been a howler since last year. I've always thought that this guy had something that we can potentially use. And everything and then there was always this creeping thought maybe i'm wrong and this was the game that that kind of overcame mm. uh the positive thoughts and it looks like sam house floor is going to be a gardner Minshew level okay which is fine he's a fine quarterback for the nfl and everything like that mm. his ceiling could be prime russell wilson and we've seen some beautiful throws and we've seen 
him grow. Uh, and especially not last game. Yesterday was a bad game. Really, mm-hmm. really bad game. Um, but in the two games prior to that, we were we were singing his praises, praises. The national media was getting in on it as well, saying Washington's found their guy and everything. This game, he did not look like a good, competent quarterback. There were a lot of bad throws. His accuracy was all over the place. His mm-hmm. deep throw accuracy was abysmal. Mm-hmm. He in the first half, he I, he was actually making some smart throws. And when I rewatched, I was like, okay, so it wasn't nearly as bad. But then as the game wore on, I was just like, oh works. my lord, he was not on it. You know, he had a couple good scrambles, great and everything. But I mean, he gave up a lot of yards and the interceptions were all egregious the near interception was and so this was the first time i think all season because the bills game you could you know that's early in the season you you chalk that up to he's a young qb he's going to have some bad games it's part of the growing process but Mm -hmm. to have gone through a lot of that growing process to all the talk of leading the league in in passing yards and attempts and the fact that he's going to be the franchise QB to this game against the Giants, who are one of the worst defenses in the NFL mm-hmm. against, against a team that he should have been, like you said, DeVito with three touchdowns, no interceptions, and just had a heyday back there. He laid up a stinker, and it wasn't – you can't blame the line – you can't blame the wide receivers this time. You can't blame Eric Bieniemy's coaching. He just did not look good, period. And now, you had said it earlier, Stoner, the new regime has a, has a choice to make. Is Sam Howell the guy or Sam Howell's not the guy? It looked like that was a clear decision up until this game against the Giants. Mm-hmm. We know that the string of games coming up is going to be really, really rough. Hopefully he can continue convincing people that he is the guy, that he has what it takes to be Washington's franchise quarterback. But man, this was the layup and he missed it. Okay, Nathan. And and I don't have any problems calling him your no-go for this particular game. But I think you might have a little bit of a recency bias uh, going here because in 11 games this year, you would probably say, He's been really good, and I don't just mean good, really good, in eight and a half of those games. And I would go with two and a half games he's been bad. This Giants game, the Bills game, and the first half of the first Giants game. Every other game you can look at and say, he's got it. So wouldn't you want, if you had to go through an entire season and you use that same percentage, that for every 11 games, He's going to have two and a half bad ones. You take that for your franchise quarterback. So slow your roll a little bit because <laughs> here I am, the guy who was, I was about to say, the, how the tables the have turned. That's right. The roles have reversed because I've seen enough over the course of those 11 games to say, yeah, he's going to have some stinkers like this and even against a bad defense. But let's look at the overall picture. Let's look at, 11 games worth of film and i think you can do that and you can say he he's still the guy but we'll see we'll see he's still got seven six more games so things could change in those six games absolutely 
Washington falling to four and seven here. Uh, have to look forward to Thanksgiving as they head down to Dallas for yeah. the annual football tradition of uh, yeah. football on Turkey Day. Hopefully everybody has a nice, enjoyable Turkey Day. We will not be providing play-by-play coverage for that one. We'll be enjoying it with our family. But Stoner is going to provide the instant reaction. Uh, he might have some turkey gravy coming down his side of his mouth, but I mean, I it'll it'll be uh, it'll be good times there. Stoner, what are your final thoughts after this Giants game? All right. So first of all, you just have to fully understand this season is over, and a lot of people say the season was over weeks ago, but sure. I think officially the the season is over. You are in evaluation stage. Ron may make it through the end of the year. He may not. We'll see. It almost doesn't matter. I want to see him gone because I want the owners to show that they're listening to us in terms of we want to hold somebody accountable for these last four years and especially this year, and that's Ron. I'd like to see him do it, but maybe they don't. Whatever. It's a lost year. The year's basically over. But you do, we just have to keep reminding ourselves that all these this stuff is going to be gone come next year when we're getting ready for the draft and we're getting ready for um, – free agency and we're getting ready for the combine and training camp and all that the optimism will be back Mm -hmm. because you're going to have a new general manager you're going to have a whole bunch of new front office people scouts and general managers and and coach head coaches and d coordinators and maybe o coordinators and all of it's going to be different you're going to have a totally different roster and they're going to do it right i just know this is going to happen they're going to pick a general in terms of how they do it they're going to pick a general manager That general manager is going to pick a coach. That coach and general manager are going to work together and decide who their quarterback is. And maybe it's Sam Howell and maybe it's not. And I think either way I'm okay with it because I want them making the decision, not the owner and not the the previous regime. So if they come in and they blow out Sam Howell, I'm going to be okay with that. But they better bring in somebody who's, you know, going to take, make it happen. So let's just kind of take the rest of this year to evaluate some of these younger guys, the Forbes and the Martins and the and, and you know the Dotsons and the Chris Rodriguez and KJ Henry and Andre Jones. Let's evaluate these guys and see if they are pieces going forward and just try and maybe enjoy it a little bit. But it's gonna be tough because we sure. love to see our team win. But just kind of keep it in mind that there is a silver lining, that there is good days ahead. So because because of the people who are not going to be here. Yeah, it's a, a important reminder as well. Not all rebuilds have to take four to five years. They don't. Uh, there's been several instances of teams, you know, making playoff pushes in year two, if not year one of a new coach. 100%. So it's not just because things are dar- down in the dumps right now doesn't mean they're going to be down in the dumps next season. Not a whole lot of winnable games. You're right. Stoner up ahead, but we do, we we're going to cheer our team on to win these games, play tough. I don't want to go into Thanksgiving thinking Washington's going to get shellacked. I'm sure I will convince myself by Wednesday show that there's a way that Washington can win. That's just how I work. Mm -hmm. This is a bad loss. It's time to move away from it. And, like I said, work on it. And that's why we put silver lining in here today because it was just like, we need to find something at four and seven 
at the end of this tenure. And I think that's probably part of why this just feels so bad, Stoner, is because this we know this is the end of this particular tenure. We knew yeah. Ron Rivera wasn't going to last the season anyways. He probably wasn't going to last the season if the team finished 10 and 7 and won a playoff game. Right. Okay. It was just the way that this season was going to go. But it just kind of hurts because it's just like, it's finally like, it's finally happening. And even though we prepared ourselves mentally for it, it, it hurts. And so, you know, it's okay. Take the time, grieve here on morning Monday and, you know, Tuesday, pick it up, wear that uh, commander's gear, wear that Redskins gear, wear that football team gear, Absolutely. that burgundy and gold. Stay away from the black for now. <laughs> I don't think hey, it's I cursed. Did, uh... I don't think it's cursed, but I mean, because we lose in all the jersey colors, Stoner, but it's it's got a bad a taste in my mouth right now. I did a breakdown. Black jerseys one and four, burgundy jerseys two and five. Why isn't anybody talking about the curse of the burgundy jersey? And white jersey nine, six, and one. So hmm. white jersey you might just need to stick with that the rest of the year. <laughs> Although I don't think they can wear that in Dallas. Well, it's where they're whites for it's the home game. home team's decision, which Jersey that they're going to wear. Right. And we have to play off of it. And knowing that Washington Probably plays wearing the white jerseys, everybody better be wearing their white jerseys. And we get to see that burgundy. It sucks because I love the all burgundy look. I think that's a really sharp looking uh, <laughs> look there. Yeah. Black jerseys. I wasn't a huge fan of them. Then I became a fan of them look wise and whatnot, but uh, yeah, take it or leave it. But right now I don't think they're cursed, but we can just stay, we can just stay away for, from it for a little bit and I'll feel a little bit better here. Uh, so we do have daily commanders update coming for you on Tuesday on Wednesday. We'll have your Cowboys preview for Thanksgiving. And of course we'll be live Wednesday night on our flagship program. You can catch us here right here on YouTube or wherever you listen to your audio podcast. We are presented by Bet Online. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner. We are a ref the district here on the Believe Network. And until next time, hang in there, y'all. It's going to be all right. Be a fan. Here we go. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.